weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low-mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates, as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhaza, and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. South Africa is a country where magic infuses the views and the landscapes, where the smiles of the local people can only be matched by the splendor of the ocean, mountains, forests, savannas, waterfalls, and rivers. This country is known the world around for its extraordinary collection of fauna and flora, and some of the best places to see these treasures, up close and personal, are in the numerous game parks, reserves, sanctuaries, and national parks in South Africa. Throughout the country, there are parks that are home to the Big Five, lion, leopard, rhinoceros, buffalo, and elephant. These are breathtaking to see in their natural habitat, an experience that makes for lifelong memories. In addition, there are animals that range from tiny shrews to the tallest giraffes and everything in between. It's quite a sight for sore eyes. The bird life is nothing short of breathtaking, offering bird watchers ample opportunities to capture some award-worthy photographs of exciting avian species. Game lodges in South Africa range from rustic bush camps that immerse their guests in the wild side of Africa to luxurious five-star retreats that showcase the bushveld on a platform of opulence. Those visiting the game parks and reserves will enjoy bushwalks, game drives, night safaris, and horseback safaris, amongst other very exciting activities. We're chatting to several people this afternoon, and we're going to get a really interesting insight on all thing game lodges in South Africa. We're chatting this afternoon to Bia Mtetwa. Bia is the hotel manager at the Ghost Mountain Inn and uh, has been the hotel manager there since 2006. Having started as a reservationist, she's now moved up the ladder and has had the opportunity to see the establishment from the ground up, literally. Yes. At the foot of the legendary Ghost Mountain is Nkuzi, which is northern KwaZulu-Natal, and in there lies the enchanted Ghost Mountain Inn. It is a tale of family history and is really intertwined with an innate love for Africa. Yes. This is an intimate and award-winning hotel and is an ideal location from which to explore the game and coastal reserves of Zululand and the Elephant Coast. We are very pleased to welcome Bia. Hello, Bia, and a warm Cape Town welcome to you. Thank you, thank you. Um, so this is quite a feat, having started at the bottom of the rung and moved up <laughs> through the ranks, Bia. Do tell us that story. Well, I started in 2006 um, as reservationist. So I got to experience meeting our guests and uh, welcoming our guests at the hotel. Uh, moved up the rank and now I'm hotel manager. Um, so I've been into almost every department, another hotel, and yes, it's an exciting journey. Wonderful. Always fantastic to listen to a journey like this, Bia. But you are the expert on the Ghost Mountain Inn, and we're very excited for you to tell us what we can expect if we visit at Ghost Mountain Inn. Okay, so just a little bit about Ghost Mountain Inn and their background. It was built in 1962. It had 10 rooms. 
um, and then it expanded throughout the years. We've got 74 rooms at the moment. Uh, I saw that. What a staggering expansion from 10 to 74 rooms in total. Yes, we've got three suites and one junior suite. And all our suites are named after our um, mountain ranges, you know, and we are, we're keeping it local, we're keeping it KwaZulu-Natal, we're keeping it very proud um, KwaZulu-Natal, you know, South African, and we are very proud of our area where we are. Fantastic. Now, I would like you to treat it like you are taking us on a journey. So let's start at the top. Tell us about the region and then hone in and tell us about the hotel. So in the early 60s, we had more travelers adventuring up Kozunina town. The road, which in mid-70s, became an into um, long dusty road from um, Durban to Swaziland and um, there weren't many places to stay, you know. It was a long road from Durban to Swaziland to Mozambique, you know. So um, Roy and Maureen, the founders of the hotel, uh, Rutherford, um, had increasingly number of guests that used to stay in their family house. So in 1962, they decided to open a hotel. Um, and then that's how it grew, you know. And now we're just sitting at 74 rooms and it has... So the journey that brought you to 74, you know, it's easy to just say from 10 to 74. Yeah. But the journey that took you there, Bia, I'd love to hear that story. So, yes, it's, it's a basically about, you know, people staying over and then um, they didn't have enough rooms. So in 2006, we expanded the rooms to 50 rooms, um, which were 22 standard rooms, 19 superior rooms, eight garden rooms, and then one suite. So we had 50 rooms. And then we decided to do an additional safaris department and a spa department as well. Always a welcome addition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so our safaris included, you know, like um, the game drive, Sifuwe game drive. Um, we have scenic drives and culture tours. Our culture tours um very famous because it goes up to the top of the mountain to a homestead um, where we had a justice. Justice used to work for us and he decided to open his own um, company um, inviting all the tourists to come to his home and share a wonderful local experience of how they live today. You know, it's not staged up. It's not something that's put there for the tourists. It's how they live on a daily basis, which is quite interesting and wonderful experience. It's um, always so interesting when you get to see a real live living example of, you know, how people are surviving and coping and living in an area. It places it in context. Mm -hmm. So this is always the best kind of tourism. One. Yes. And then we also do, you know, safaris that go um, to Mkuzi. Mkuzi is one of the big farms. And then um, we also do um, safaris that go up to Sisui, which is also a big farm. And you can see the big farms as well there, you know. Um, we also um, just introduced as well last year. Um, safaris that go up to Manioni um, Game Reserve, uh, which is a more private reserve. Um, and you get to see the big cats, you know, which is quite nice. And people enjoy that. They love seeing the big cats. Um, we also got night drives as well, which are seasonal. I love those night drives. I feel like an explorer. 
One seeing it for the very first time at night, it's just so magical. Yes, it is. It's very, very nice. Um, at my hotel, we also got kiddies activities as well. We mustn't forget about the kiddies, you know. Uh, we got mommy and daddy. They are happy, then mommy and daddy are happy. Very. We got great, um, grabbing nature walks, treasure hunts, pizza making, Zulu cross making. Uh, face painting and fishing as well. We also got our boat cruises that go up to Lake Josini. Takes about three to four hours, the whole experience. Um, we leave at the hotel with our safari vehicles. We go to Lake Josini, they do their um, uh, boat cruise, and then they come back to the hotel, which is quite nice as well. That sounds wonderful. So, what kind of cuisine do you offer at your at the Ghost Mountain Inn? Well, our cuisine is very well. We sell breakfast, lunch, and supper. Yes. Um, we've got an a la carte menu. We also got buffets. We also got fries that we do. So, yeah, it's very diverse um, because we've got diverse people coming in. You know, we've got from international to local to domestic, you know. So our cuisine is very, it, it, it ranges, you know. It's wonderful that you're able to offer a nice cross-section of uh, cuisines to the various visitors that come. Yes. Now, this area is entrenched in history, Bear. Is there something that you can share with our listeners about the history of the area? Well, we, we're in the heart of Zululand, you know. We northern KwaZulu Natal. We almost close to the border of Swaziland, Mozambique. And yeah, we, we're right in the heart of KwaZulu Natal. So we've got a lot of culture, you know, the Zulu culture, you know, we have a little bit of Swazi culture, you know. So yeah. We've got a lot of culture that happens around this area, you know, because even our staffs, you know, have been working with us like for 25 years. We've got a very um, loyal staff, and they were brought up around this area. So it's quite nice when you come in and they tell you about, you know, their lifestyle. They tell you how long they've been here for, and they tell you about the culture as well. That's wonderful, Bea. So I'd love to hear, obviously you live on the estate. What is a typical day in the life of Biam Tetwa? <laughs> uh, busy, busy, busy. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, every day is a new day, you know? Um, you get to meet a lot of different people uh, from different places, which is quite exciting. Um, you get to engage, you know, and learn about other people's cultures, religion, um, you know, where they're coming from, where they're going. And it's, it's, it's very exciting for us because Every single guest that comes into our hotel has a story to tell. Um, some come for peace, some come for work, some come for relaxation, some come just passing by. Um, and guests always, you know, they talk about how Gold Mountain and being an oasis. In, in 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 an area where you come in and, and you're like, okay, we go into Kozulin Natal, but when they get to Ghost Mountain and they say it's a, a beautiful oasis to be here. We've got lovely gardens and beautiful pools where they can sit and relax and have wonderful cocktails, wines, you know. So yeah, it's a, quite a nice place to be. So for me, it's very exciting 
to be here every day. It's, it's, it's absolutely for me. I've been here for 17 years and I can never say one day is the same as the next. That sounds wonderful, Bea. So what are the aspirations and goals for Ghost Mountain in going forward? To get more guests, you know, um, goals are to expand in the near future or in the future, um, to get more diverse guests, uh, to be out there, you know, Kectonians come and visit us. Um, we've had a lot of Kectonians coming to visit us and we're really grateful. Um, and yeah, just to be out there and, you know, people must know that Ghost Mountain Inn is the best place to be. Absolutely, Bea. Well, we're very pleased to hear you share the history and the resources available at Ghost Mountain Inn, Bea. Any parting words for our listeners before we say goodbye to you? Um, thank you for listening. Um, and we are, will be very grateful if you come and see us at Ghost Mountain and, and we look forward to be hosting your guns. Wonderful, Bea. Great chatting to you. We're looking forward to the diverse cuisine, the yes. amazing unhinged views of the KwaZulu-Natal Mountains, yes. the history and culture, and of course, the personal stories. It sounds like people have been there for a long time yes. and have really been invested in the property. And they obviously love being there, like yourself, who's been there for 17 years. People don't stay just because they stay, because they feel appre appreciated and welcomed. And that's a very good sign that you are being well taken care of. So that is phenomenal news. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us, Bia. We look forward to our listeners heading out to your neck of the woods and wishing you a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you, Janet. Enjoy your day. All the best. Thank you. We're chatting this afternoon to Chris Skalkwek. He is the Executive Director at Ndluli Safari Lodge. And Ndluli really is a special place. It is the story of one man's vision for the land and for the Ndluli people. And through this vision, it's created a significance for many people to enjoy and appreciate and earn a source of income. It's a tale of wonder and beauty and is located in the Kruger National Park. It uh, plays host to the authentic charm of the Siswati tradition and is deeply rooted in a commitment to conservation. The lodge is located inside the southwestern region within the borders of the Kruger National Park between Numbi Gate and Pretorius Cop Rest Camp. It's a five hour drive from Gauteng, but I believe that there is also some chartered flights that fly directly into Kruger, but I'm not the expert Chris is, and we're very pleased to welcome him onto Jet Setting with Janet. Hello, Chris, and welcome. Thank you, Janet. It's um, a privilege to be on your show today, and we Look forward to having the opportunity to share a bit more about our wonderful story. Absolutely, Chris. But before we go to the story, I'm interested to hear about you, a little bit about you and your legacy and where you come from. Thank you, Janet. I'll keep it brief. I'm a, a person that um, studied geography at the University of Pretoria. I was always passionate about conservation and the ecology. And um, somehow I ended up here on this south southern border of the Kruger National Park, um, working with community projects. I was a senior manager in the Department Rural Development until 2009. And then I decided I want to get away from the politics and I want to work in the implementation of land reform projects. So currently I'm involved in two or three community projects, of which Mdluli is the latest one. Um, very proud of the project. It was, um, it's a wonderful story. You've already said it, the vision of the late MZ Mdluli to develop a employment project for his community. And um, we just helped to execute the, in, 
the um, development of this project. If I say we, my co-directors, the sponsors of the project, people like Mr. Malcolm Siegel, Doug Smollen, Martin Glad, and um, they helped this project to come to fruition. It was like uh, our late president Nelson Mandela's struggle, a long walk to freedom. It took about mm -hmm. 22 years to get this project um, together, the environmental impact assessments and, and everything that goes with that, raising the capital to build the project. In a way, it's very special because we used a very special tool, namely Section 12J of the Income Tax Act, to create this employment. And today, we've got a lovely four-star lodge. People often tell us, why don't you rate it five-star? Because it's so beautiful. The location is perfect. Um, but to date, um, we believe we want to give people a fair priced deal where they have an unsurpassed experience in the Kruger National Park. Um, and sometimes, Chris, isn't it better to exceed expectations where people come hoping to get a four-star experience, but you actually wow them? and give them a five star without them actually expecting it. That's exactly what we try to do. We want to give them five star service for a four star price. And, um, and because we don't want to compete um, with all the six and seven star lodges that is graded as a five star, we want to give people an authentic Kruger experience in the wonderful southern part of the park, which is renowned for more animals than, for example, the northern areas of the park. Absolutely. Now, this is not just a lodge. It's a whole community. And I love the story. And I'd love for you to tell the story of how you engage with community and how you've created value for them. Because we hear so often of establishments that just exist in a hothouse condition and yours certainly isn't that. Yeah, um, Janet, you're quite right. Um, and we've got some independent parties that also certified that. We had a study done by um, people that governs capital investment and um, they have, for example, graded us as a double A plus in terms of the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. So in terms of environmental sensitivity, corporate governance and social upliftment, we are most probably the lodge graded the highest ever in South Africa in terms of our impact that we make on our community and the little impact we make on the environment. So that's for us very, very important. Um, but obviously, this lodge could have never been here if it wasn't for the community. So the community have the ownership of the land. They've got access to the land. And we are now privileged to share this, not only with South Africans, but guests from all over the world. And I can assure you, 99% of them leave here absolutely overwhelmed by the beauty and tranquility of the park but also about the wonderful animals that we have in the National Park. And, um, but it's all about coming to see this beautiful place and leaving something good behind. And that's what we are doing with the benefits that accrue to the community. Maybe I can shortly or briefly share with you what the benefits briefly are. Not only are they the only... Yeah. They're the owners of the land, so they get a monthly land rental. Also, every guest that stays here, there's a bed levy that goes to, to the community trust. On top of that, they share 50% of the profits. And then, obviously, what the vision of the late traditional leader was, is to achieve um, a employment creating project for the community. So 90% of the people working at the lodge is from the local community. On top of that, they also have small, medium enterprises that 
render services to the lodge, like, for example, the staff transport, the repairs and maintenance, the landscaping, um, as well as the refuge removal from the lodge. Then, in terms of... So basically, if I understand properly, Chris, you've created micro-enterprises that support the lodge Absolutely. with people in the area. So you've created many, you've created SMEs. That's exactly what we did. We created two transport little companies that now renders a service to the lodge. On top of that, a little company that removes the refuge. It's fully registered. And um, very soon, we will be creating an egg layer project in the community that will render a service to the lodge. And that will create more employment to a number of people of the community from each of the four villages. Recently, we also finalized what we call a borehole project and with the support of a company called Innovation Africa. Um, I saw that. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's a wonderful project. 23 watering points in a village that didn't have water before. So we all know about the pressure of service delivery on government. And then unfortunately, they don't always provide. It makes the communities unhappy. It causes strikes. So obviously, to make the lodge be a sustainable project, we can't live in an island here inside the park. We need to reach out. We need to address the problems of our community, which is our family. And um, that's the only way a project can be successful. You, you have to share and participate in the plight of the community out there. Absolutely. Now, there, it sounds like there's such a strong social, corporate social investment program, Chris that we've almost forgotten to talk about the lodge itself. I've seen some amazing visuals on social yeah. media. I'd yeah. like you to hone in and tell us what to expect from the lodge. Yeah, if a guest come to this lodge, the first thing that will impress you that you are in the middle of the bush. There's no car alarms. There is no ambulances, no police cars running around. So. It, I often say to the Gauteng people, they live in gangster's paradise, but this is paradise. When you come to this place, it is absolute tranquility. The birds, the frogs in the evening, the night jars, um, it's beautiful. You see the elephants, the buffalo from your restaurant, from your terrace bar area, from your tent deck in front of your unit. We've got 50 luxury safari tented units. Gosh, that's massive, eh? Yeah, and it's all air-conditioned. They've got fans. You've got all the luxuries of a five-star lodge with gowns and slippers and and a little fridge and anything that your, your heart desire is in that unit. Nice big king-size beds. Um, if you've got a kid or two kids, there's also a sleeper couch that can be folded open so a small family can easily be accommodated in our huge units. They are 72 square meters of size. Um, they've got internal showers, they've got outdoor showers, and then it's absolutely luxury in the bush. And um, many people tell you, this is not a tent, this is a chalet. You shouldn't call it a tent. but um, for us, it's glamping. People can hear the night sounds through the canvas walls, um, and it's actually a special experience. But the most important thing is the activities that we also render, which is um, obviously the morning safaris, the afternoon safaris, sundowner safaris. Um, people can also do a five-star bushwalk amongst the big five in the Kruger Park because we are inside the park. Um, a recent development which is very positive for South African guests um, and also international guests is that we've got direct access now to the Kruger National Park. We can, people can traverse directly from our camp into the park already having a permit in their hands. And um, also our safari vehicles 
can leave directly from the lodge, don't have to enter through any other gates of the park, but directly into the park, starting with the game drive at our gate, which is very special. And um, many of the other properties around the park will tell you we're only five minutes or 10 kilometers or five kilometers from the park. We are inside the park and you've got direct access to the park. That sounds really convenient, Chris. Now, you've told us about these wonderful tented camps. You have 50 of them, beautiful activities, safari drives, uh, very special walk with the Big Five, easy access to Kruger. What kind of cuisine are you offering at the park? And are there, is there, for instance, a private chef? Can people request special meals? Do you have a high tea in the bush? What can people look forward to cuisine-wise? Yeah. Once again, we try our best to oblige to all our guests or especially groups and um, desires. So we help people that's allow. We assist people that's um, um, requiring kosher meals. We also cater for every dietary requirement, pescatarians, vegetarians, um, everybody's dietary requirements is adhered to and we've got a team of chefs that can cater for your heart's desire in terms of your requirements and um, it's very important to us and we make sure that we upskill our chefs department all the time um, so that people can have the cuisine that they would like to enjoy whilst they're on leave um, if our lodge is very full there is a typically a buffet dinner. If the lodge is less than 30 guests in the house, we typically do a plated meals for the guests, but it's whatever person's specific requirement is, it will either be in the buffet or in the a la carte menu that they then require. Um, so I'm so impressed that you've made provision for all kinds of dietary and religious requirements, Chris, because it's, uh, you know, it's a unique selling point and it's really important. It also ensures inclusivity when you take cognizance of everybody's restrictions and requirements. So well done on that. Thank you very much. No, it's, it's important. People, when they go on leave or take a break or celebrate a special occasion, um, then certainly they want to um, be catered for and what they require and what they need. Absolutely. So, Chris, I'm, I'm curious to know what a typical day in at Mdluli is like for you waking up. Uh, what is a typical day in the life of Chris Skalpveig? Well, in my case, um, one tries, you wake, you got, get waked up by the birds in the morning because I don't mm -hmm. wear a watch. It's so wonderful to wake up early morning and hear the birds and if the sun comes up you know the work has already started because everything at the lodge starts early by six in the morning our guests start going out on game drives we try to make sure that one of our senior management is always around um, to see that the guests go off onto their game drives well equipped with breakfast packs or coffee and rusks and um, and that all the required game drives flow as well as it could then obviously in this wonderful day and age of load shedding um, we always make sure that the generators are topped up because that's another important selling point there's no load shedding at Mdluli. If ESCOM goes down, our generator starts up. And um, so there's always power, there's always Wi-Fi, there's always what people require and often these days don't even have at home. We've got it for them here in the bush. Um, further than that, then we make sure that all the administration is done, uh, the security systems are up and that our guests needs are catered for all the stock is replenished and um, then obviously we try our best to make sure that our guests get the best service possible by attending to all departments and making sure 
the service is where it should be and better. So wonderful. And the night, it the days are long because I don't have a shift typically because as a, a person that that really cares for what you're busy doing here, you must make sure from six till eleven or twelve at night everything functions well, and um, you tend to just make sure that um, everything is well taken care of and that the guests, every desire is entertained. I maybe forgot to mention one thing. We've also got a wonderful spa service at the lodge for people that want to indulge. Um, so people can do manicures and pedicures. They can also do um, decent spa treatments in the comfort of their own tent privacy or on the verandas of their tent overlooking the park, which is also quite a special experience. Absolutely. I think when one takes time out, one looks for every kind of indulgence and the spa is definitely high up on one's list, Chris. Absolutely. So we've heard about the CSI, we've heard about the lodges, we've heard about you, Chris. I think that... Uh, You've wowed us, and I think the only thing left to do is for our listeners to now hear, how do we get to Mdluli? If we were traveling to you from the Western Cape, what are the options open to us? A flight to Joburg, or is there a flight directly to Kruger? Janet, there's a few options. Um, the flight costs these days are sometimes expensive if you don't book well in advance. So you can either fly from Cape Town to um, Kruger directly into Skakuza and we pick you up at um, the Skakuza airport. That flight is the, usually the more expensive one. Then there's another flight also directly from Cape Town with Airlink in which we, with whom we've got a partnership. That flight flies directly from Cape Town to Kruger Mpumalanga airport, um, which is close to White River. And we also pick guests up there with transfers. The other option is obviously flying into um, Johannesburg, which the flights are much cheaper, but then you still have to drive another five hours to get to the Kruger National Park. That works with guests that sometimes want to do a self-drive experience and have their own vehicle. Also go and look at the panorama route and see a bit of the rest of South Africa. So that essentially is your options. But we do get a lot of Catonians, people from Stellenbosch um, and in various areas of the Western Cape that takes an annual holiday drive to the Kruger National Park. And um, so they drive directly from the Cape to us and we assist them, especially if they want to continue going into the park and camp somewhere else. So that's another option open to guests. But the best route is obviously, and the, let's call it the cheaper flight option, is to Krugum Pumalanga Airport. It's two, two hours and 50 minutes, and you're, in, you're actually at the Kruger Park. And um, the same. Well, I think for economy of time, that would be one of the best, one of the best choices. Absolutely. And if there's any of the listeners out there, uh, we're having a wonderful function on the 21st of uh, March. And um, this is a good opportunity to come and see an international renowned Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, the Schoenbrunn Palace Orchestra is performing here at the lodge in the park for conservation. And um, people should seriously consider that there's still some tickets left to stay at the lodge and experience this wonderful symphony in the park for conservation. Um, and by the way, we've got wonderful functions here. We've done spectacular weddings, even for a former Miss South Africa. We've got a wonderful granite rock on which you can do sundowners. We do so many engagement functions there. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful location. The sky's the limit in terms of opportunities. It's really a must-see in the Kruger Park. Wow, Chris, I had no idea about the extent of Mdluli, and I'm really impressed. I'm sure our listeners are too. So thank you so much for chatting to us this afternoon. We're really looking forward 
to hearing more and I'm sure that our listeners' interests are piqued and they're going to be in touch to try and come and visit you very soon. Janet, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's well appreciated and um, um, please, the listeners, come and visit us and help us to make a difference in the community's lives. Thank you so much, Chris. Wishing you a great and lovely weekend ahead. Thank you, Janet. Have a good day. All the best. Bye. We're chatting this afternoon with Jerry Jacoby, who is the co-owner of the White Lion Lodge, which is located on the San Bono Wildlife Reserve. It is a Karoo Wilderness Retreat on, the, on Route 62 and offers a unique nature and wildlife experience quite close to Cape Town. The White Lion Lodge is privately owned and is situated on the southern part of the San Bono Wildlife Reserve. It offers luxury accommodation, personalized service, and delicious cuisine. But over and above that, it is a safari through a 30,000 hectare conservation of the reserve. Good afternoon, Jerry, and welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. Good afternoon, Janet. We're very pleased to have you with us. And before we start talking about White Lion Lodge itself, I'd love for you to tell us about your own history and how you came to be in Cape Town. Yeah, I'm born in Germany in the Mosel Valley, um, in Germany close to Luxembourg. And I studied um, hotel management and Germany. Um, and I actually wanted to improve my English. So I came to Cape Town in 1990 to stay here for nine months to improve my English. And I'm still here. And how many years ago was that? That was in 1990. Gosh, that's quite a while ago. And uh, how is the English coming along? Better by the day. <laughs> wonderful. And now you can do radio interviews, which is wonderful. Yes. So, well. Jerry, I see you've had quite an interesting history, uh, having worked at the Bay Hotel and then moving to San Bona and then finally to the White Lion Lodge. It's been quite a journey for you and an interesting one at best, for sure. So the White Lion Lodge on the reserve is privately owned. Uh, please tell us what our listeners can expect to see and experience when they come to your lodge. The lodge is in the southern part of Sambona, so it's only seven kilometers from the main gate. It's a short journey or short drive into Sambona. Uh, we're the only lodge in the southern part who's uh, doing some letting and doing accommodation for guests. All the other lodges are in the north and they're owned by the owner of Sambona. Sambona, the size of Sambona is 58,000 hectares and we're traversing 30,000 hectares. It's not a game park, it's a nature reserve. We've got a lot of different uh, researchers going. We've got in the south the Cape Mountain Cypress, which are very interesting. We do cheetah research. We have got buffaloes here in the south. We've got elephants in the south, but much more important as well as the peace and the quietness you actually have in the reserve and this wide open plains from the Klein Karoo. Animals are only a small little part of the whole experience. Absolutely. So you've got some very, it's an intimate lodge and you can host a small group of people. So it's great for a retreat, great for a wedding party and just individual families as well. Now, you say that um, you, you are an expert in delicious cuisine. So tell us a little bit about what you would offer our listeners in this delicious cuisine. We, we don't have a, we have a set menu, but we specifically ask each and everybody who books what they like to eat. We cater for all different kinds of allergies or diets. Um, like over 30 years ago, I studied that. So I'm quite clued up with a lot of these diets. Um, we, for small little weddings or for birthday parties, we very often do sundowners or lunches out in the reserve. We can do breakfast in the reserve. 
and we're actually trying to accommodate all the different food needs the people want and they want to enjoy. Mm, wonderful. We don't have a halal kitchen, but if you've got people with from different religious, uh, we're trying to accommodate them as well as much as we can. We're too small wonderful. to have two different kitchens because we only have got four bedrooms, maximum eight people. Sure. Now, I see that during COVID, you added some additional activities and you turned the lodge into a wellness retreat. And I'm very curious to know what gyrokinesis is. Gyrokinesis is actually a modern or gentle art of yoga where we activate the spine and we try to mobilize them. What I picked up, when people come from tribes, because our tribes can be quite long, we uh, kind of try to accommodate guests as well. We can, they can stay in the park the whole day if they want, or four or five hours. That's like a normal length of tribe. When they come back from the tribe, they're very stiff and, they, and their spine is very stiff. So I decided to do a course on gyrokinesis to eventually offer them yeah, spine, uh, spinal activity, so the stiffness of the spine goes again. And I still, I'm busy with my uh, certification at the moment, so for probably for winter time by June, July, will it will be on the list. We actually put a hot tub in as well, a cold call, which is very, very well received by, especially by the locals. The foreigners don't know it yet because you don't get these things like in Europe. Um, but they're very curious about it and trying to see if they can enjoy a big bath um, heated up with wood as well. That sounds wonderful, Jerry. What are the plans for 2023? It's still quite early in the year. We're trying to um, install solar energy or solar panels. Um, we actually looking at the moment into a system which we can put into the felt, but we don't like to put just solar panels in the felt. Um, they are systems out, um, they call them solar flowers. They turn according to the sun and they're standing up. So, and they go with the wind as well. So it, it's a, it's probably hopefully going to be a feature of the lodge, a modern feature of the lodge, as well as giving us some extra power. We can't put solar panels on the roofs because we've set roof, it's very difficult. And we don't have generators because we nature reserve and uh, diesel generators just don't fit into, into the reserve or into an area where there is nature or protecting the nature is uh, the main goal. Absolutely. So there's a nice um, consciousness and, and respect for the environment around you, which is so super important. Uh, you are in the middle of a biodiversity hotspot and surrounded by feinbos and uh, indigenous free-roaming animal species. And obviously, with a respect for the environment comes a mutual respect because you can coexist in that space and still run a sustainable business, provide a service and be respectful of the environment, which is really the best first prize one could get. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do, yeah. Mm. So, Jerry, I know it must be quite wonderful to be there, but what are some of the challenges that you experience living in this remote area? Is there any challenge that you would like to share it could be inspirational i think we had a quite a big challenge of the drought we had in 2014-15 we had the last decent rains for nearly five years which was very challenging for the nature for the fauna and flora i think we hopefully it looks like it comes to an end now because the past weekend we had um, in our lodge here 70 millimeters of rain over the over two days, we were very nicely flooded. The rivers were running. Our dam in the north um, has filled up again from 5% to 
Wow. So that's one of the very big challenges, the trials, yeah. one of the very big challenges for the whole reserve and where we really suffered a lot. From, I mean, to be at 5% must have been extremely worrying for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's for all of us, more for the management, the wildlife management of the reserve. But, I mean, everybody is suffering um, when you don't have water. And Absolutely. we're very, very um, cautious about it. We, I mean, we try and save water wherever we can. Um, we've got borehole water, but still um, the pumps have to go lower, have to be lowered all the time. So we, we're trying to teach our guests as well how to save water. The Cape Tonians have learned it, but the foreigners, a lot of foreigners don't know about that. Yes, so it's a, a process of educating and, you know, informing. I find that people are also not so aware of electricity and people will leave a room and leave lights on and leave the radio on and the TV on, <laughs> completely yeah. oblivious. And we've sort of become electricity warriors. You know, the moment somebody exits, we look for those things and we immediately start switching off. We've become so very aware of the need to conserve electricity and water. So good lessons learned there. Yeah, I mean, we're doing it as well. Yes, absolutely. Be Jerry, before we say goodbye to you, is there any last words that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I think especially the listeners from the Western Cape, uh, I found out a lot of them don't know their own areas. They, how did they say when they came and visit us in COVID, their first, the quickest way out on holidays was to Cape Town Airport. I think they supported us a lot over to or during COVID, which was fantastic. And they should carry on doing that and explore their own areas. And um, they probably don't even have to fly to Kruger Park to see some some game or some really nice nature reserves around in the Western Cape. And they should start supporting uh, the businesses around them instead of always flying overseas and probably damaging or doing a lot of damage to the environment because they're flying around. Mm, absolutely. We have so many amazing service offerings on our doorstep. And we, I think the object of the show is also to encourage people to explore in their own backyards. Jerry, it's been fascinating chatting to you. Thank you for continuing to respect the environment around you and for keeping this White Lion Lodge uh, and wilderness retreat um, foremost in our minds. We certainly are very excited about this product and we wish you and your team all the best and a great weekend ahead for you. Yeah. Thank you very much. And thanks to giving me the opportunity to talk about the lodge and the reserve. It's a big pleasure. All the best. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.